Hi, this is Bob Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here with Mirella Masella, and we're going to talk about uh, her history, her roots, and about her fabulous book, Through a Child's Eyes. So welcome, Mirella. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. So um, before we start talking about the book, just a little bit about, um, you know, why did you do this research? Why did you write the book? Where did you get the bug? My parents are from the southern part of Italy in the little tiny little village between Rome and Naples called San Pietro and Fino. They, as children, we always went there to visit the, um, the village. And the backdrop is the old village of San Pietro, which was destroyed in 1943. So stories were always told of um, what happened in the war, how they survived. And I started to get really interested in my early 20s. Uh, and whilst my father was talking, I'd write everything down so that I wouldn't forget what he was telling me because he would give me dates, he would give me um, what he went through, what my mum went through. Um, so I, I just started jotting everything down. And before I knew it, in my mid-20s, I had this big diary, it's like a diary, memoirs, and I thought, right, I'm going to get this published. Um, and I started to delve deeper, um, asking families that he mentioned. Um, I started to write to them, um, started to speak to them. I said, can you confirm what my dad was saying? And they said, yes. And um, I got legal documents. I got war documents to prove that my father, my granddad was in the army because um, he went to um, Albania during that time of the invasion in the village. Um, and that's when it all started. I just started to dig deeper and deeper. And before I knew it, I, ha- I had this m- m- manuscript in my hand. That's great to do that. You know, I wish I had done something like that. But that's what I tell people, um, you know, who want to start. Um, yeah, or they yeah. ask how to start. I said, you know, ask grandma or ask grandpa you know yeah. just talk to them and they'll tell you the stories yeah um, but they always told me um that my grandfather just used to say to me that he was a cobbler um, as well as a farmer in the village um it was a farming village um so little things like that and I'll just write it down kept writing it down and then um when they started to talk about the invasion of 1943 as soon as they said that they hid in the caves um, people were running around in a frenzy because of the bombings. I thought this is a story that has to be told. You yeah, know, especially no, when children, children yeah. involved. So many, so many of them. You know, Dad, what was it like in the caves? He said it was smelly, it was dirty, it was foul. We were hungry, hungry, hungry children. Did he talk to you about what life was like? before the war or did your grandparents talk to you like what was life was like before the war yeah so the um before the war um the village was medieval it was vast the population was over 1400 um they're just minding their own business doing farming um Mm -hmm. you know selling their wine their um food that they made the biscuits um it was busy people were doing really really well you know they had beautiful houses um 
And he, and he said that he remembers being with his grandmother all the time, my father, his grandmother. She, she looked after him while my, um, his parents went out to, um, to farm the land. Um, so he remembers that. He remembers being busy going to the piazza, uh, sitting with his grandfathers and while they were chatting, while the mothers were cooking, um, mm. you know, wash, washing at the, the fountain, which is um, in the book where it describes this pool of water. The water comes down from the mountains and that's how they used to wash their clothes. They didn't have any washing machines. And he remembers all that. He remembers them washing their linen, their clothes. Um, it was busy. It was thriving. And then after uh, November 1943, it changed. Yeah, very, it, very. It was, it was very, very sad um, yeah, to, to yeah. see that. I watched the movie by John Huston, but uh, yeah. they the San Pietro was kind of like the, I guess the the jump off point for the, the larger battle in Monte Cassino. Um, I, I guess I guess they felt that they had to take uh, San Pietro um, before they they went there. I'm trying to catch to get the, the, the good question. Um, what did they say about when the battle started? What did what did they think was happening? They they had warning that something was going to happen, but they didn't realise it was it was going to be that the village was going to be taken over by the Germans. They were they were warned, but they didn't know when because um, they got the warning early September of nineteen forty three. Um, so everyone knew that there was an evacuation procedure. Um, that they would have to either meet at the fountain or go into the caves, which is which is sort of higher up into the village. Um, so they were warned, but when it happened, I don't think they were prepared. They they weren't. Who can be prepared for that? They 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 were just told um, to gather their food, blankets, um, look after the elderly, the children. There, there were pregnant women as well. Um, and all the men that were healthy, that were strong, able-bodied, they, they were, some of them were hidden so that they weren't used for labouring jobs for the German soldiers. So they were warned, but I don't think they were prepared. I don't know if they were prepared enough. You know, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, so, but, so, so before that then... Even though the Germans were occupying Italy, I guess, well, I guess they were allies. So they kind of left them alone. Is that what happened? And then. But in they, the village? Yeah. No, no. They, um, they told them to leave their home, um, get, quickly get their belongings and try and, be, try and live in the caves and be safe. Because there was, there was um, it was being invaded. There were bombs. Yeah. You know, there were yeah. planes in the air, and so they had, they had to seek shelter and be and be safe. And there was no in the book. It mentions about not having water. They had to yeah. find water, and they were try when it rained. They tried to get water, rainwater. When it um, like my grandfather, he um, tried to ask a well owner for water. And that's when an argument broke out. Um, yeah, it must have it must have been terrifying. You know, my um, my my mother's uh, brother, 
when my grandparents went to America, they left him behind with his grandparents mm-hmm. uh, in 1915. So he grew up uh, in Italy. He never yeah. left uh, until 1950 when he came to America. And, um, you know, I did, he, my cousin did interview him at one point, And uh, he talked a little bit about what it was like in, in, in Bari, which they lived in Torito, which was a small little village. Um, and they weren't really bombed or overtaken or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, but my cousin that I talked to did say that she remembers, because uh, she was about 10, I guess, at the time. She remembers running out of the village when, the, when they were bombing the, the city of Bari, running into the fields outside the village. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. like you said, they had a, you know, a plan or an escape route if the Germans came or if there was bombing, they would run out into the fields uh, yeah. to, to, to be safe. And uh, my uncle actually didn't have to serve in the war because he had served before that. And when the war broke out, he had, I think, three or four children already. So he didn't have to yeah. serve in the Italian army at that point. Yeah, yeah, because that was my grandfather. He had three children, one, two, three, three children. And then he was called back for, um, from Albania to go home because he's, cause my grandmother had a fourth child. So he was exempt from carrying out any more um, army duties. Oh, so even though he was in the service, I, I remember reading that in the book. So even yeah. though he was he was in because yes. your grandmother had another child, he was, yeah. he he got yeah. sent home. Yeah, so they, he got, he got a telegram and said to return home um, because his uh, wife had a fourth fourth child. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so the thing is, they found when I was growing up, um, they would tell tell me these things, and some of it did go over my head. And then it's not when I, when I started, when I was older and I started to think back, I thought, hold on a minute, I was told this. I was told all this information. And it's not when you start, start to dig deeper, you think, oh my goodness, you know, he was in the army and um, he didn't enjoy it there. He wanted to go back home. He didn't enjoy it at all. He was scared. <laughs> he was sure. in Albania. He was, he was frightened. Um, but he did. He went home and then he had to face. Um, the invasion of the village. And, um, so it was, it was hard. It was so I went back to San Pietro this year, um, and I met um, a man. I've forgotten his name. I met, I met a man, um, an elderly man. He's in. Um, he's in oh, I can't remember, don't can't remember how old he is, but he said to me that he his mum gave birth to him in the caves when they were wow. when they were kids. And he goes, um, and he I'm sure it was him. He was named after an American soldier who helped his mum give birth. Oh wow, that's incredible. That's love to see your information's coming up all the time. And when I saw him, I just thought because it's just so amazing that I'm standing next to you and you were born in, in the caves. We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com.
Yeah, yeah. And and um so how long did how long did they actually live in the cave? So you know my father long? said it was about the the invasion lasted about six weeks. Wow. Um but they're in there for probably just a bit less than, than six weeks. Um but I when I, I went there this year, I took my daughters there and I said to them, go in the caves and try and get a feel of how these villagers yeah. felt. It was awful. It was dark. It was smelly. Uh, you couldn't even stand up. The height of the caves was so low. Um, and they were by that drop in the book. I described that the caves had this drop that if you stumbled backwards, you'd fall down because it was so um, high up. Um, but they didn't like it. They, they would not go in. So, no. so if you imagine your grandfather, grandmother were in here. Lived there. All of them were in there, yeah. trying to survive. Right, and so and how many people actually were in there? At, at, you know, how many people? Hundreds. Wow. I'm, I'm not sure of the amount, but they were they they had to cram themselves in there. Yeah, they, you know, see, these are stories. Much. These are stories nobody hears. No, no one hears. Yeah. No one hears. My mum doesn't remember it. Well, my mum passed away. It would be ten years February. Um, but when she was telling me the story, so that she remembers her mum because she was three years old at the time. So she remembers her mum vaguely, um, and she remembers a little bit of chaos going around in the village. But she doesn't remember too much because mm. her 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 mum died um, after the invasion, um, and Enrighetta she died nineteen forty four. Because uh, this year, because I've seen pictures this year, we put the plaque up. Yes, yeah. Grandmother died because she stepped on the landmine. Um, so she, says she only remembers her hair being plaited by her mum at the age of three, but she doesn't remember much after that. That's that. That's it. Yeah, that was a that was a sad story because um, I, I that would that was your mom's sister that stepped on the mine. Or her, or it, was my, it was my your grandmother's, grandmother's. It was my mum. But again, with that story, I had to get the facts right um, because I had an idea of where she died, where she stepped on the landmine after the soldiers cleared all the all the um, boot booby traps. Or, or so I was told that where she died, but I had to find the exact place of, to put the plaque. Erect the plaque, um, and it was blessed by the um, village priest this year before it was put up on the wall on the where she died by the fountain where the women used to wash their clothes. Yeah, and so now the village, the village was never rebuilt per se, right? It was kind of moved. Is that the way they set up? They people just relocated to other places. Well, they. The, vi the villagers wanted the village to be rebuilt, um, but it never happened. So what they did was that you've got the old village situated on the mountain, and then just below that they built the new village of San Pedro, mm. which doesn't look as pretty as the oh, old village. Yeah. Um, you haven't got the cobbled steps. You haven't yeah. got the fountains all over the place, lots of the piazza. There's only one church where in the old village there was about three of them, three churches. Um, 
it wasn't as big and wide as um, and it wasn't didn't have the old stones the medieval stones the architect it wasn't there anymore so yeah yeah um, but you can still see if you go to the old village the backdrop is the old village you can still see the outline of what it would have looked like yeah 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 it's that it, you know um, that was that was very that was very sad too. So now, so um, why did your parents choose to go to the UK? So my dad, um, so my, sorry, my parents got married August uh, 59, 1959, and my dad wanted to do more for himself. He didn't want to carry on being a farmer, um, you know. He's worked, uh, he worked as a farmer for so long. He, he wanted to better himself. And he um, got married to my mum in August, said to her, look, let me try London. If it works, then she'll, um, that he'll get my mum over to England. He tried it. And then three years later, um, my mum immigrated to London as well. And that's where he stayed. He's, my dad's 85 um, and he's never, he goes back to Italy for a holiday, but he never returned to live there. Um, and he did really well for himself. You know, he um, worked hard and made a, a success here. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah. Um, now, did, did, did he choose London because he knew people there or because it was closer yeah. to Italy or? There's a big population in Clerkenwell, um, North London. Um, with Italians, uh, they've got St Peter's Church um, in Holborn, Clerkenwell Road, and the population of Italians is big. It's, um, and he knew that was there, and his sister was over as well before him, so she, um, so she settled. And then my dad thought that he'd give it a go, and he went over as well. So he did know of people here, and that helped. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and that was kind of I, I mentioned when we were talking earlier yeah. that my friend Andy's mom was from uh, from Italy too, and he said the same thing. He said, um, I, and he had never mentioned it to me before, but I guess outside of Woking, there's a there was a large Italian population too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and when his mom came, um, she didn't speak any English at all. Mm -hmm. She arrived yeah. by herself. And he said, you know, she was kind of like just got there and was lost until of, of, until she found a way to where she was supposed to go. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mom, my mom was, well, my pet and dad was the same. He came with his little suitcase, um, which I've got. I've got his suitcase because oh, cool. <laughs> um, he was going to give it away. And I said, Dad, what are you doing? I'll have your first suitcase that he's ever had. And, came over with it so I've got it he, as a, he spoke no English not one word um, and he picked it up quickly when he worked in um, the hospital and then when my mum came over same for her so she tried she, even though she mixed with the Italian mums and the community um, she she did really well with her, her English she worked at um, mother's hospital in Hackney and um, she made friends with um, some Caribbean people. And she actually picked up their accent as well. <laughs> and it was just so sweet. <laughs> it, cool. was yeah. 
accent. It wasn't a Cockney accent. It was a <laughs> Caribbean accent. I said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But, um, that's funny. But they did that's well, funny. considering they had nothing. You know, they, they made, made a, a really good life here in London. Yeah. Uh, so now you were born in, in London, but um, oh. that was like the, I guess, the second part of the book. You, uh, I guess your parents sent you to Italy for a while, yeah, to they spend did. time with the grandparents. They did. I don't know. I did say to them, I said, Mum, Dad, why did you send me to see? Is it because I was a bit <laughs> mysterious? Was I a bit cheeky? And they said, no, 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 we, we had to think of our work and we had to uh, think about buying a, uh, moving on, getting a house. I said, okay, okay. But I, 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 built up a really good relationship with both sets of grandparents, um, Benedetto, Nonna Benedetto, grandfather Benedetto, grandmother Maria, Antonia Serafino. I, I was probably <laughs> sport rotten. <laughs> I think, oh, what I was, because right, my sister said to me that when they came to pick me up the, a year later, I wasn't the same little girl anymore. Um, I was a bit cheeky and... And it was because I had all the, I had the attention of both sets of grandparents, and all I had all they had was me. Um, but I do remember it well. Um, I remember the aunties and uncles um, that would spoil me. I guess you know. And there was a time when when they picked me up a year later when I went there. Um, we went back a few years later. And from then on, we used to go back all the time to the village. And it's not until I got married, had children, then there was that gap again. Um, but I'd still remember everyone. I would not forget a face or a name. Um, and they'll tell me what I was like when I was there. <laughs> I mean, that's all. That's, I mean, I mean yeah. I, 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 so how old were you? Um, I was um, four. I was about four years old um, because I stayed there a year. Then the following year, I started primary school. So, um, but I, I remember going to my grandparents' land. Um, I remember their donkey. You know, yes, things you like that. that. Yeah, yeah, the donkey. And I remember my grandmother Maria just working so hard because I used to make broom heads and out of straw. Um, she would cook, clean, tend to the land, and then she had to deal with me as well in, in the middle mm. of it all, this crazy little child. <laughs> um, but she, she, she was lovely. I, I did send a picture because she was very petite, very petite, but she was strong, so strong. Um, and this year when I went to the village, I met her nephew, Mm -hmm. who I hadn't seen for about 37 years. And we were talking about her, you know, saying even though she was four foot nothing, she was amazing, strong, strong woman. And it puts me to shame because she worked so hard. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, that was the sense that I got when I was there. Um, I mean, you know, and, and, I don't know how it is there in the UK, in America. I grew up, if somebody asked me, what are you? I would say Italian. I mean, mm. I, there was no such thing as Italian-American. We would just say Italian. Yeah, you know, my, yeah. uh, both my yeah. parents were born here, but both of them had brothers and sisters that were born in Italy. Um, 
Yeah. Well, that's the way you answered. You said Italian, now it's yeah. Italian American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. when we went there, we're Americans. They see us as Americans. And, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But I got the sense uh, that oh. they're not the sense. I, I their 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 work ethic, um, their sense of being is so different than us. Uh, at yeah, least yeah. Americans, anyway. Uh, yes. Um, there's a there's a pride in their history, the pride in their work. I mean, it, it was com- totally different than what I expected. Yeah. So what you're saying, when I go to Italy, they they call me the English one. You're the English one, and um, because um, yeah, the English one, and then um, back here in England, I say yeah, I'm Italian. My heritage is Italian, but back in the village, they. It'd be quite mean, actually. They, they used to call me um, latte, <laughs> milk, milk. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been away. I've got a bit of a tan, but they used to call me latte. You're so latte, it's latte. Say, come in latte. And I said, well, that's me. You know, we don't get much sun in London. Oh my god. Oh dear. So it, no, don't get much sun. My, I when when uh, I moved, I moved there with. Uh, Without my wife to London and uh, or to Bournemouth, and I was there. I got there in September, uh, and it was you know it was like the weather was good and everything. But I remember that first January I was there that it rained twenty nine out of thirty one days. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I no. Believe it. oh dear! Uh, uh, so, so you're, it's quite interesting when you, uh, you know, you hear, you hear people that, you know, they've, they left that beautiful Italy and uh, with yeah. the sun and everything. And, and yeah, that yeah. There. But, uh, but that's funny that they called you uh, latte. Probably milk because I was pale. I said, okay, fine. But I said, I'm not latte. I'm not, yeah, I'm milk. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, that, you know, that was the thing. And, and, um, you know, even the, uh, you know, we didn't meet you know, every old person in Italy, of course. But uh, you know, my dad's cousins—they were in their nineties, and they, you know, they were peppy. They were, you know, cooking and you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We met um, in Avellino. We met Libertore, ninety-six years old, and wow. he was playing the accordion and singing and dancing, and and I was getting tired watching them. <laughs> That's yeah. It is, it is amazing. And they, uh, well, I met my dad's cousin uh, this year. So she would be my second cousin. And, yeah, she's, bless her, she's lovely. And so she was there at my sister's birth because my, my elder sister was born in Italy in the village. Um, and she remembers the birth. And I, I got her to write everything down. So tell me what it was like when my, when my sister was born. And she still remembers. She still got her, as they say in Italian, Cervello. Still got her brain. Yeah. She's 90, yeah. in her early 90s. And I think, how do you do it? How, how? I reckon it's all the walking that they do. They go up and down these steps and she's got them. I, I, think, it's, I think it's the walking. I think it's. I think it's probably the, the, the food because yeah. they don't, I yeah. mean, here they pack, you know, everything's got yeah. chemicals in it. 
I think that, and you know, their 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 exercise and work ethic, like you said, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, probably a, a combination of of all of those factors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so I went to see an uncle. So I was, I was catching up with lots of family when I went this year. Um, met up with my uncle and I said to him, how are you? He had a, he had something wrong with his heart. He had a heart procedure and I, and I arrived at his door. I thought, oh, I'll be in bed. You know, try, I won't disturb him too much. He's up on his feet. I said, what are you doing? Go back to bed. He goes, no, no, no. I said, I, I'm, I'm fine. I had the um, heart procedure and I went dancing the next day. Oh. He's, 80, he's 87 years old. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I said, you've got to take it easy. He's got to take it easy. And he's actually in the um, John Houston film. He's one of the children comes out. Oh, of the cave. yeah. I was going to, I wanted, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you, yeah. did you know about the film bef before? When did you learn about that and find that you had family in the film? So I found my cousin um, said to me, because when I was doing all this research with my family, Years and years ago, my, my cousin said to me, have you seen that film, The Battle of, um, uh, no, it's called The Italian Campaign back then. Yes, yeah. yeah. He says, have you seen it? And I said, no. And he said, it's about the invasion. Um, John Houston directed it. And I said, okay, okay. okay. So I, I watched it. And then I saw this image of a, a, a girl standing next to this lady figure and I just, I, you know, when you just go with goosebumply, because we've mm -hmm. got no pictures of my parents as children. And I paused at the, the image and I thought, that's mum. That, that is, that's got to be mum. And I've got someone to analyse the, the footage, especially a picture of my mum. And they said, yeah, that's her. I said, mum, I said, this is you when you were three years old. And I said, that's your cousin standing behind you. Uh, because her cousin hasn't changed. Her face mm. is still the same. And moving on a few years, I thought, my dad has got to be in this film. There has to be an image of my dad because he remembers going in the caves with his sisters and then I saw the picture of this little boy that resembled my dad. But then I wasn't looking at the, my dad. I was looking at the two children that were coming out of the caves with him. And the ages fit. I thought my dad was six, his little brother was two, and his eldest sister was two years older than my dad. I thought, this has got to be the three of them, the three, my dad and his siblings. And again, I had to get the picture of my dad analysed again. And they came back and said, this is your dad. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, that's I unbelievable. Said, I said, Dad, this is, and I took all the evidence to my dad. I said, Dad, this little person in the film is you. He goes, no, 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 it can't be. I said, Dad, it's you. And I said to him, smile. He smiled. I said, turn sideways. Let me see your nose. <laughs> And it was, it was him. It was him. And I said, Dad, this is you. I've got to analyse a specialist. Um, looked at the clip. Looked at the pictures of you as the youngest one that we had of my dad. And it was him. And then as you look at all the other images of these people, I saw my grandmother. 
in it. She's the lady that wipes her face with a headscarf. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yes. I remember that. that died, yeah, yeah. it's her. Um, and then we see my dad's cousins. And it's just, it's a strange feeling seeing these children. that, And we, we recognise them. That's amazing. That's a that's, it, that's it some story. Yeah. We've got no images of my mum. And I wish that they'd put that image of my mum in colour because she had bright blue eyes. Mm. Yeah. Which is quite unusual for Southerners to have blue, blue eyes. She had blue eyes. Um, yeah. And it's definitely her, definitely. Um, and her mum standing next to her. You can tell that their, their clothes were torn. They'd been there for so long. Their clothes were torn. They probably hadn't even changed their clothes. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, when I put up the um, the blog post, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna put the YouTube uh, yeah. video of the movie yeah. uh, so people could see it. I um, you know what? Uh, it must have been maybe 15 years ago or something like that. Uh, my dad was a photographer for the newspaper in New York, the Daily News. And at one point he did newsreels, you know, back then in the fifties, they, there was no, there was no video, it was newsreels. And um, we were watching a documentary on the Hiltons, you know, the hotel Hiltons. And they showed uh, Elizabeth Taylor married Nikki Hilton. And she was leaving for Europe. They were leaving on their honeymoon on the boat. And they showed them waving from the boat. And then they panned the crowd real quick. And they went through it. And I said to my wife, I said, my father was in there. My father was at the dock. So she goes, how could you, how could you tell that? I said, I know my father. I know the way he stands. I know it. You know, I, that was, he was there. Uh, So she said, oh, you're crazy. I said, so I I dug up the YouTube. It was happened, happened to be on YouTube. And sure enough, you know, it was, I was able to, like you said, I could freeze it. And Yeah, yeah. You know, it was him, and I, I you know, yeah. like, how do you ever catch something like that? And it was so fast. Um, yeah, that's right. It's fast. Um, yeah, but that's that's something that they that you were able to, you know, see that yeah. and catch that. Uh, and, um, you know, from when I watched it, for anybody watching who's into World War II and things like that, uh, you know, they give the whole story of the battle and and um, yeah you know, what it took to actually capture that small little town mm. uh, was, in, was incredible. And then, yeah. uh, and then, like you said, they show the, the people coming out of the caves and, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And it was, it was very sad. So I, so I have to ask you, mm. yeah. um, your parents are Italian. They live in London. Did your mom cook Italian food? Or did she cook English food? <laughs> Italian, 100%. <laughs> Italian. We um, remember because um, she would cook Italian all the time, and I remember going to a friend's house. Must have been about eight, and it was the first time I saw someone eat fish and chips. Uh. <laughs> that was on a Friday. She was eating fish and chips, and I said to her, "What are you? What are you eating? Fish and chips?" And then I went to a, which was which was a part of our diet. And then I went to another friend's house. Now eating jam sandwiches for dinner, <laughs> and I thought we don't do that. We have pasta, then we have meat, then we have um, fagioli with them, beans <laughs> um, or salad. 
but we don't eat that. And the thing is, my parents used to grow their own veg. Oh, that's filled up with greens, but it was very wholesome. Cakes were homemade, biscuits were homemade, homemade wine. Yeah, was, oh, so your dad, he made homemade wine. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't understand how people could eat fish and chips because it was, to me, it looked heavy and stodgy, but that was a part of the English culture and the Friday fish and chips. Um, but that, that was the first time I saw it. The first time I saw jelly was at school. Yeah, sure, mom, yeah. What is that? What is this? What is this jelly thing? <laughs> it wasn't us. It wasn't. It was people who'd come around to us and think it was a, a feast on the table because there was so much food. We did everything. Mum made her own pasta, made gnocchi, and um, made because uh, in the back of the book I put the recipe of yes, the, um, yeah, tomato, and that was what my mum used to do, and that's what I've passed down to my children. This is what we we did. Yeah, well, we 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 always laugh because um, when I was a kid, you know, eight, nine, ten years old or something like that, and when we went when we would go to the beach, uh, we were going. We had eggplant parmesan and sausage and peppers, and <laughs> yeah. the white kids had bologna sandwiches and and yeah. peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's lo- it's lovely. I mean, I've the. The machine, the little machine that my mum used to do to squeeze out the tomato, um, it's made out of copper. I've got it. <laughs> I've got oh, nice. Yeah. Let me have that because it just squeezes all the juices out. Um, I didn't keep the wine-making gadgets because it was too big. Um, yeah, my grandfather used to make it. Uh, I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember it because he died in 1961, so... I I remember the grapes showing up at the house and and I remember the wine barrels down in the basement yeah, yeah. and and probably you know tasted it you know once or twice uh, with a little yeah. water you know back then they would give us the wine with water in it uh, yeah, yeah at the at the at the table um, so yeah I so I vaguely vaguely remember the the wine so, making so well, I'm going to show you this but. But if I can pick it up, it's so big. Mike, like, you see that? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Tell me, James. Tell me, James. Yeah. Um, so I've got that belonged to my grandfather. That, that belonged to my grandfather. Oh, cool. Wow. That's nice. three of them, three huge ones. My, I think my dad thinks I'm potty because I put, um, when we drink I, wine, I see the corks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that used to be my granddad's. Oh, nice! That's cool. Small ones, big ones. Yeah, they're quite decorative, really. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you were able to get that from Italy without it breaking. Well, my dad did. (laughs) (laughs) My dad drove him over, and then when he said he didn't want them anymore, I said, "I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take." So they're just dry at home. Everyone has to be careful that they don't break them um, because they're quite delicate. But yeah, that just sits behind me, and I can look at it. Oh, that's yeah. super to have something yeah. like that. And yeah. and even your mom's uh press for the tomatoes. I, I'm I'm sure yeah. buying that in copper these days would be quite expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we do it takes a whole day to, to make the um jarred 
tomatoes, but it's um, worth it. You know, you know, I, I've, I've, because I do most of the cooking. I, you know, I've never tried, oh, I've nice. never tried making uh, the tomatoes. But when I saw the recipe, I said, you know, I, I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to give it's it. Not, a so try. it's not. So it's not too. I try to keep it as simple as possible because I know that it can be quite long when you do when you cook and you follow a method. Um, but I try to keep it as simple as possible. Like, yeah, and you have, you know, you have good directions and photos and everything in there, so it's, it's yeah, yeah. So cool. these are ours, yeah, and um, yeah, and got the aubergines, so the jarred aubergines. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, you, when we were in England, um, I made eggplant parmesan for uh, my British friends, and. Oh. Um, they couldn't believe it. They were like, this is yeah. aubergine? And I said, yes, you've never had this? No, we've never had anything like this yeah. before. This is yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's lovely. It is. I, I like it. I mean, it's I, one of my I, favorite I, dishes, yeah. Yeah, aubergine. Yeah, it's lovely. Lovely, lovely. So it's, I think it's important if, if you can keep these cooking traditions. Absolutely, yes, yes. And I have, I have, um, I have a bunch of recipes uh, for my family on on my oh. website too. Uh, yeah. Some some of the old ones, especially some of the cakes and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before we go, you had one more story in the book that almost like a Romeo and Juliet story. Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, so how did you come across that? Well, my yeah, forbidden fruit. Yeah, called, isn't it forbidden fruit? Um, my grandfather was to tell stories all the time, all the time. And um, he did say that there was a, one where two young, I'm going to say lovers, because they were lovers, um, wanted to be together, but the, the families didn't get on. Mm. Um, and I, I do know who this, who she's passed now, one of the mums uh, who was very always sort of tend to cause trouble. Um, I know who she is, um, but I'm not going to name any of them because it's not fair. And it's just a story that my grandfather told me. Um, and this, and she was a bit of a tr troublemaker. Um, she caused a feud between these two families, didn't allow the children to interact with each other, their children. Um, but a boy and a girl fell in love. Yeah. Fell in love. And it did happen quite a bit back then. Families didn't get on. They wouldn't allow the children to interact or become girlfriend and boyfriend. Um, well, yeah, so my grandfather always used to tell these stories. Um, and I'd say to him, who are they? And he would give me a name, um, but I'd never didn't really tell anyone who they were. It's sort of private, really. But I thought I'd put it into a story because it's, I, I, even though the ending is sad, there is quite a nice positive at the end. Yeah, um, where they they are together. Um, but you, and like I said, the interesting thing about it, I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it, they couldn't see each other, and they stuck around, and you know, it's yeah, I that you know, I found it very familiar, I guess. And, and yeah. I think to your point, though, you know, back then, 
uh, a lot of the marriages were arranged. So, you know. They were very arranged. They were arranged. Matchmaking. Um, my grandmother, she was um, introduced to my grandfather, Serafina, and it was matchmaking. That I think yeah. I was, t- funny enough, I was told this year, because I asked them about that, and my elderly cousin, she said, they weren't allowed to be anyway connected by family mm-hmm. yeah. because being in the village, it was so everyone knew each other. Everyone was connected to somehow, but they had to make sure there was no bloodline involved. Yeah. Which I found, which I didn't, I found out really this year. Um, but yeah. Did you enjoy the story? Did you like it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I liked. I enjoyed the whole book um, because, uh, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm, you know, I am really <laughs> glad because I always get a bit n- nervous. I just want um, people to un- understand it, and because the names are, you got Benedetto Serafino, and you got Scholastica, my great grandmother. You've got all these unusual names that people might not um, might get them a little bit confused, a bit muddled, um, but. It was was it clear? Uh, no, very. And I and I think I think what's important for people to know that are listening, you know, to, to read the book is um again, it's a it's a story about a village that was through no fault of their own or anything like that, no, just sure. taken over by this war. And you know, like you said, the people had to go for six weeks into a cave. And um the story, these stories about the war in Italy, never told. No, um, I, I, there was I, there was one other um, interview I did, I guess maybe a year ago or so, um, where uh, he told a story about his family, uh, again, not far from Naples, um, and how they were kind of devastated by the, by the war. And uh, another person that um, his relatives were, at the very end of the war, uh, his grandfather was on a German ship that was sunk by the Allies. And he tells a story about all these lost uh, Italian um, POWs who were in the Italian army. uh, And they, of course, were fighting as allies for the Germans. And then when the war shifted and they wouldn't, uh, I guess swear allegiance to the Germans. They made them prisoners of war. Yeah, in their own yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's very, uh, um, you know, before, very sad. Before I forget, um, there's a part in the book about um, Pasquale Verillo, who went missing. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and he ended up in Dachau concentration camp he to research him I I had to be careful because I had to make sure it was him Mm. Um, and telling the family that I've actually found their grandfather who went missing it's quite emotional because I never had closure of where he went where he ended up yeah and I bet you there's a lot of stories like that that people yeah, just, yeah. they don't they don't know. Yeah. 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 And, and again, that's similar to what uh, that story was because 
these Italian prisoners on the ship were destined to go to Germany to help, you know, yeah. the war effort. And it was a, yeah. very near the end of the war, I think, when that happened. Uh, and yeah. of course, you know, the Allies had no idea who was on the ship. It was no. uh, flying the German flag, and you know that 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 was that. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, with with the book, sort of, it starts off. I mean, the, the thread line is the village, San Pietro and Fina. It's, it's about the village that I mentioned about. You know, you're saying about me being there. Um, um, it mentions about the chicken, <laughs> the chicken when my mom, my grandmother's preparing the chicken. Yeah, yeah that bit where it's a bit and it goes bonkers in the kitchen. Um, I have a phobia of birds <laughs> because of that. <laughs> because of that, I have a phobia of any anything that flies near me. Um, because of that. Instant, because of what I saw my grandmother she was only preparing a chicken she was getting dinner ready um, and that's how they did it back then because um, I've, I've, I've never seen it before so I've, I have a phobia of chickens and anything feathers anything that flies around <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, I never experienced that but I do remember as a kid in, in you know New York City uh, you know because my grandparents lived in a very Italian neighborhood. The chicken <laughs> store, yeah. or whatever you would call it, oh. where they had the live chickens, and they would go in and you know yeah, get yeah, the live chickens. Yeah. But I never Na saw, I never saw yeah. that part. So. Yeah, no, it's a natural thing for them. Get a chicken. It's got a chicken out of a coop, right? Which one should we get? You know, Mirella, which one should we get? Well, I don't know. Get whatever you want, and just <laughs> hang them upside down with the legs, and yeah. Oh dear, but but that's the way they were brought up, you know. With me, I couldn't do that. I couldn't even go near anything like that. But. Well, and and you know that's the the point. When we were there and we were eating the the ham um, in Montebello, <laughs> I said I've never tasted ham like this. We have you know fake Italian ham here in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they said, oh well, well, we still do it the same way we did two hundred years ago. Yeah, we yeah. we kill the pig on the day after Christmas, and we cure it until March, and now yeah. you eat it. Yeah, and it was yeah. so so matter of fact. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like everybody's not, supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's how they do it. But my, and that's um, the important thing: these mountain villages uh, in Italy, even though they have the modern conveniences, of course, and they have the phones and the cars and all yeah, that. Yeah, they still prepare food. They still do things the way they did it 200, yeah. 300 years ago. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Went to see a cousin. She still makes the um, salami, the cheese. Yeah. And it tastes good because it's tasty. It's not processed. It's all fresh meat, fresh um, whatever they put in the cheese and milk or goat's milk, whatever it is. It's all fresh. But my... um. Grandmother did teach me how to make um, an omelette. She taught me how to make an omelette. I suppose they call it a Spanish omelette, um, but she taught me how to make an omelette. And to this day, that's how I do my make my omelettes. How she taught me. Yeah, that's great. Saucy. How she tenderise the meat. 
I'll do exactly how my nonna Antonia did it, my grandmother. That's but great. Well, you yeah. you should yeah. you should write a cookbook. That's what you should do. Oh, <laughs> I should do. No, you should write a cookbook. You're off. Uh, You've got more recipes. I've 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 talked about my my cousin. Linda, that I had mentioned earlier, she actually has one. I'll send you the link to her cookbook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she Jonathan. has. She took all the family recipes and put them into uh, to a cookbook. Yeah. And she's uh, her. She's got Sicilian and Naples background, so mm-hmm. she's got some Sicilian recipes, some Neapolitan recipes in there. Yeah, yeah. Some, uh, some of them over. She's yeah. she's got a nice book. Um, well, this has been great. I really, really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to this so much again, because oh, I enjoyed you. the book and I enjoyed the stories. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, besides being, uh, rooted in Italian, I, I enjoy stories about World War II. So I think it's something that people need to hear or, or to read, uh, because there were probably a hundred towns like that or more in Italy that, oh, yeah, that went through that. Yeah, um, no, cool. but in in the book, I tried not to get too deep with the the war, the because I wrote about the invasion um, by the Amer- um the Germans and the Americans. What happened? Try not to get too deep into that. It's it's the stories of my parents and my grandparents that I wanted to sort of share, really, um, because we've only sort of political you can get a little bit it's too deep i think no i think it, i think you had i think you had the right mixture and um so i wanted it to be the right balance as well yeah um, yeah because once people start reading about things about war they feel oh, no it's going to be um can be a bit tedious when you read it and i didn't want didn't want that at all i wanted it to be an easy read and short little stories little bursts of stories and so I hope, I hope I did that. <laughs> no, I think you did. I think you did. I think you captured it very nicely. Thank you. Um, thank you. All right, well, yeah. thanks again. I appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you.